Uh, we're glad you're here. We're, we're, we're really in between series. Uh, I'd finished up the series, Healing Life's Hidden Hurts, although after Sunday, I thought I need to continue it just for me. And so uh, we finished the series, Healing Life's Hidden Hurts. And so we're going to do a couple of standalones, a couple of things that I've, I've been wanting to talk about for quite some time. And it's out of the book of Proverbs. And so we're, we're going to start, we're going to look at some things uh, out of the book of Proverbs. And tonight is on the subject, just the power of your words. Now, the world will tell you uh, talk is cheap, right? And so talk is cheap unless you're a person of integrity, unless you're a person of truth, unless you're a person of faith. Then the scriptures would tell us, Jesus would tell us this, that talk isn't, tr- uh, isn't cheap, uh, that there's a lot of weight to your words. And I, it, it just came home to me this afternoon, this, this, this afternoon prior to this service, uh, I did a funeral for a 92-year-old man. And uh, I just sat there and listened to his five sons and his son-in-law talk about memories of him. The things he had said to them, you you know, and I've told you that out of all the funerals that I do, three things always show up, faith, family, and friends. Solomon said this, Solomon, what Scripture says, and what uh, Josephus and some of the, the historians of their day Uh, said in their time about Solomon was this. He was one of the wisest men known at the time. And Solomon said this. Solomon said that it's better uh, to go to a funeral than go to a party. Because at a party, there's laughing and there's drinking and it's lighthearted and all this stuff. And when the party's over, it's over. But there's something about a funeral that all of a sudden when we go to a funeral, it's where we, we look at our life and we look at the things that we have said and we look at how we've lived our life and there's something about a funeral that forces all of us. And as believers, we should live life with eternity in mind. And so tonight I want to talk to you about this issue of just, just the power of your words and your words and my words have great weight. fact is, if you just look at it from a a business perspective, whether you read business magazines, leadership books, or or you study leadership because you're a student of leadership, or you're a manager or supervisor of people, or a business owner, one of the most personal characteristics that leaders want, that business owners want, is this issue is they want employees that are truthful, and employees that are honest, and employees that have integrity, and they can trust their words. And so what, what companies say and what leaders say is this issue of honesty and this issue of trust is very important. I mean, when, when people, when young people start describing their, their perfect uh, partner when they're, they're single and they're talking about marriage, you know what they talk about? They start talking about someone that their yes is yes and there's no that's no. That they're p- people of integrity, that they're people that are truthful, they're people that are honest. Uh, when, when you sit down with, 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 with a group of singles and you begin talking about marriage, they cannot comprehend a deep relationship or a marriage with someone else that cannot be trusted or that someone is not honest. When you talk to parents, what do parents say about their children? They just want children that can speak the truth. And they, can, they want children of, of integrity and, and may, maybe friends. If, if, if you had deep relationships, you want relationships and you want friends that you can walk through all seasons of life that are trustworthy, that are honest, will, will, will keep conse- your, your confidence and, and, and not talk about you and be honest and truthful. And so we live in an age and we live in a culture. I'm telling you, because, of, because of, I think some of it is, 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 uh, is, is social media with Twitter and Facebook and, and all of these other things, that people no longer know how to look someone else in the eye and just relate. 
and especially the younger generation, is having more and more difficulty because they are better off tweeting something, texting something, Facebooking something, and learning to have interpersonal relationships that you learn how to have deep relationship and just walk with people. Now tonight we're going to be all over in this book of Proverbs and we're just going to look at what Solomon had to say about this issue of the power of your words, this issue of trust. And in Proverbs 21-23, here's what he warns. He says, watch your, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. In other words, what he's trying to say is, guess what? Your words and my words have tremendous power in your life. Let me just ask you this. Do you remember the first time you were betrayed? Do you remember the first time that you were lied to? Do you remember the first time that your confidence was broken? Someone slandered you. Someone gossiped about you. Someone said something that you said in confidence, and all of a sudden they are spreading it around. I bet you remember, if you're like me, you remember that experience in vivid detail. I mean, didn't it really make you want to just kind of withdraw from the human race and no longer have relationships and no longer have friends? And so in case you're wondering, God wholeheartedly supports the idea of truth. The fact is, he put it in the Big Ten. He put it in the Ten Commandments. And he said giving a false witness. He warned about giving a false witness against your neighbor. In other words, God says over and over in his word, don't destroy the truth, don't lie, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Proverbs 10.31, the scripture says, The mouth of a godly person gives wise advice, but the tongue that deceives will be cut off. In other words, what he's saying is dishonesty is bad stuff. And so the writer of Proverbs, is, is what he's saying is this. He said that we need, we need to do whatever it takes to live a life of integrity and honesty and truth. And so I just want to give you just tonight just three questions that you may want to ask yourself about your words and the power of your words. And so, so the first uh, question is this. If you're going to guard your mouth, if you're going to protect the truth, the first question that you're going to have to ask yourself is this. Are my words a hazard? And are my words a hazard? Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. In other words, what he's saying is, is your words and my words have tremendous power. And so the question is, are your words the type of conversation, the things that you say, are they a hazard? Because they can bring death or they can bring life into relationships. They can bring death or they can bring life into a marriage. I mean, when you look at this, the writer of Proverbs went so far as to say that it even hurts your relationship with God. Proverbs 12, 22 says, the Lord, watch this, the Lord detests, and it means he detests lying lips. What that word detests means it makes him sick, it makes his stomach churn, he hates it. I mean, seldom, listen, you study scripture, seldom does God use stronger words for a sin in Scripture than this issue of lying. And so he says that God hates, God detests lying lips, but he delights. He delights in those who, who just tell the truth. It's like saying that it just, it just makes him sick, it just turns his, his stomach. And, and I believe the reason for that is, is because of the second consequence. The second consequence is this, it is a hazard to people. In other words, it hurts people. It hurts reputations, it, it, it can hurt relationship, it can hurt intimacy. That's why Proverbs 15.4, gentle words are a tree to life. And a de deceitful tongue just crushes the spirit. 
And as a pastor, then every week I meet people who have their lives crushed, their hearts broken because of lies, deceit of others, and twisted truth. He promised to be faithful. She promised to be faithful. Dad promised. Mom promised. A friend lied to me. A friend gossiped about me. A co-worker is lying about me and talking about me, is hurting my reputation from some of the things that they're saying. And so what he's saying is we need to learn to be honest. And Proverbs is saying this. Proverbs is saying, Jesus said it over and over, that we need to think before we speak. And that our words, what James says is this, our words have the ability to set off, to set off a chain reaction. Proverbs 15, 28 says this, the heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. So we should think before we speak. The mouth of the wicked overflows with evil words. I mean, when, when you really look at this issue of words, and people have died for saying the wrong things. People have, people have gotten fired for saying the wrong things. People have gotten a divorce for saying the wrong things. People have ended friendships and relationships for saying the wrong things and the words that they used. And we've got to understand, words in your life and words in my life had great power. Um, if, if you're a football fan, um, you may know this story, but Dan Fouts. Remember Dan Fouts? He's Hall of Fame quarterback, played for the San Diego Chargers like 17 years and set all kinds of records. Then after Dan Fouts retired, he became a sportscaster. And so it, in one of, his, one of his games, he just said this. He says, you know what? I'm going to say something that I've wanted to say my whole playing career. I just got to tell you this. All defensive linemen are sissies. And Dan Fouts had to learn to deal with the consequences of just that statement. And so what the Bible says is we, have, we, even, we even have to choose our commitments carefully. And we have to calculate the, the cost and there are some people in life that they just hate to say no. So they'll commit to everything, right? And that type of person doesn't want to hurt anybody and they don't want to say no. So they'll, just, they'll, just, they'll say yes to everybody, but they won't follow, follow through on their commitments. That's why Jesus even said that before we say yes, you better calculate the cost. Proverbs 20, 25 says this, says it is a trap for a man to dedicate something rashly. And then only later, just consider his vows. In other words, you and I have to think before we speak. I mean, really, when you look at this issue, what you and I say can make you happy or sad. It can make you rich or poor. It can make you married or divorced. Friends or enemies. Hired or, or fired. So many times we underestimate just the power of our words. So the first thing that we have to ask ourselves, we have to ask ourselves, the words that I use in conversation, are they a hazard? The second question that we'd have to ask ourselves are, are our words, are, are my words uh, honest? Are my words a hazard? Are my words honest? 
In other words, Proverbs, when you just read Proverbs, and, and for a while, that, before life journaling, that, that used to be my, my rhythm, and still it's still times, at times, it's my rhythm to where I life journal, and I take whatever day of the month it is, I, uh, I take the Proverbs of that day. So, what is today, the 12th? Is today the 12th or the 13th? Something like that. doesn't really matter, but let's just say it's the 12th. And so, uh, so I would take Proverbs chapter 12, and I would read Proverbs chapter 12, along with life journal. It's an amazing thing how much wisdom is in Proverbs and how much it speaks into our life. There's 31 chapters of Proverbs, so it just works. It works for every day. You don't run out of chapters in a month. And so, and, and, and so but when you, look at, when you look at Proverbs, you realize that it deals with this issue of truth. It deals with this issue of lying. It deals with this issue of dishonesty. And so another form of dishonesty is this issue of just, just being unwilling to be frank with someone. I mean, that is a form of dishonesty when people don't tell the truth. And, and so we like to say that honesty is the best policy, but many times in practice, it works out much differently. And so a lot of people, instead of being honest with someone, instead of being frank with someone, or instead, of, instead of having a hard conversation with someone, and we'll get to that, how to do that, you're just not honest with them. You're not frank with them. And then we use excuses and we say things, well, if I told them the truth, if I told them what I honestly felt, they may blow up and they may get mad. Or now's not the right time. That's why Proverbs 28, 23 says this. Listen, in the end, that's, so, that's such an important phrase in the Scripture. In the end, people appreciate honest criticism far more than flatter, flattery. Now, he didn't say in the beginning. Right? He said, in the end, telling you, none of us like someone to look us in the eyes and tell us the truth about something we're saying or something we're doing or an attitude. None of us really like honest criticism initially. But I'm telling you this, the relationships that I have in my life with our elders and some close friends, man, when they have spoke truth and they have spoke truth and love, there's something about every one of us that we just kind of get defensive and we kind of push back. That's why he said, not, not in the beginning, but in the end. There are a lot of people that have had conversations with me that in the beginning, I was frustrated. But in the end, I came back and I told them, thank you. So that's what he's saying. See, a false belief is this. Is that if we hold back the truth, well, the belief is this. If we hold back the truth, telling you it causes problems in relationships. Intimacy in relationships is built on one thing. It's built on trust. And being able to have those conversations and being able to do it in such a way, I mean, Scripture says that we should be able to speak the truth in love. There's a way to do it. I mean, I mean, here, here's, a, here's a great question to start that conversation out. Help me understand. Just help me understand why you said, why you did. No accusation, no attack. Just help me understand. Help me understand why you said what you said. Help me understand why you did what you did. You did is that's correct English, isn't it? Yeah. 
I'm on my second service. It's a totally different service. So, so, but to where you, you walk through a process, a relationship together, telling you that the deepest form of intimacy that you will have in any relationship, whether it's close friends, whether it's prayer partners, whether it's in a marital relationship, is to where you get to that place that you can have frank and honest conversations with honesty and with truth. But there's so many people that, 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 that they think that, that well, I just I don't want to make waves. I just don't want to create waves. Or I, I don't want to rock the boat. Or I want to do anything to avoid conflict. But I'm telling you, but when, when we're not honest, and when we stuff it, and when we hold it in, it's coming out someday, sometime, right? Sooner or later, it's, and what happens is, is when it finally comes out, it comes out in an inappropriate way, at an inopportune time. It can come out in a way that embarrasses you and makes you look bad. See, here's the deal. This is what Proverbs says over and over and over. Dishonesty destroys relationships. Because what happens inside is bitterness starts to rise. And then all of a sudden you start developing hidden agendas. And you have, you have hurt feelings and you're holding it in and you're holding it down. And then what can happen is you have trouble trusting people. And then relationships begin to suffer. In other words, in other words what, what Proverbs would say, dishonesty is a lack of love. Here's what he says, Proverbs 26, 20, 28. A lying tongue hates its victim. In other words, dishonesty destroys love. And flattering words cause ruin. You know what he says? He said, basically he's saying this, you... You don't lie to the people you love. If you love them, when, he says, when, when you lie to someone, it's like hating them. To where you're able to have those conversations, whether it's help me understand this, or this hurts me to say this, and it's going to hurt you to hear this. We just got to deal with it. In other, in other words, this, if, if any of you in this room or over in the, the theater have, have ever made it to this level in a relationship, where there's intimacy and there's trust and there's honesty and there's those, those conversations, then you know this is true. To get there, you have to go through conflict. To get there, you have to walk through some conflict. Because intimacy is a result of trust, and truth is always the result of conflict. It's just, it's just part of it. And sometimes you have to go through conflict in a relationship in order to have intimacy in that relationship. See, what, what's happening in our world and, and what's happening in society is is people no longer know how to have deep relationships. And so, so they're not honest with each other. They're not truthful with one another. And so they never have those hard conversations. They never really have any conflict or healthy conflict. And they, 
They just accept superficial relationships. Because every time you press in on a difficult subject and there's conflict or there's emotion or there's pain, you pull back and you say, forget it. It's not that big of a deal. See, the alternative to being truthful and honest in a relationship is to play games. You know where they, they say one thing and mean another? Uh, that person hints that they're upset by the slamming of doors or cupboards or the way they leave a room, the way they come into a room. They just kind of let you know that they're upset, but they'll never tell you why. That's a form of control. Or they say that they're not mad, but you know they are. They're never able really to say the hard stuff that we've got a problem, that we just need to talk about this. And someone who holds back the truth always causes problems in a relationship, and the relationship ends up being superficial. So there's false peace, there's false security. And Proverbs would say, you know what, that's, that's just no way to live. And eventually, if you're honest, the relationship will die a slow death. And so what the writer of Proverbs just says over and over, we just need to learn how to confront in just a healthy way, in a real way. We need to learn the difference between you blew it and I don't like you. We need to learn to be able to separate out those two things. That when someone speaks truth into your life, it does not mean they don't like you. It's more on the side of, man, can we talk about this? See, a lot of people, the reason they push back from criticism and honest criticism and healthy criticism is because they build this false belief, well, if they're saying this to me, it's because they don't like me. Proverbs say the opposite. That somebody that truly likes you, cares about your well-being, is willing to tell you the hard stuff. All right. I mean, you, lo you love your kids, don't you? And you correct them because you love them. And being honest and being frank with someone without attacking them means that you, that you love them. Because if you don't deal with this now, you're, you're going to have to deal with it someday. Or two things will happen. It builds and builds and builds, and it blows up. Or the relationship dies a slow death. So... The question is, is, are your words a hazard? And are you truly honest with those closest to you? Do you know what they're upset about, even right now? Have you, have you come to the place where you put all the cards on the table and you're just willing just to slowly walk through it. So are my words a hazard? Are my words honest? And the last thing is this, are my words healing? Are they honest? Are they a hazard? Are they healing? Because all three of these things, it's kind of like a three-legged stool. It's kind of like this stand that without a leg, it's going to fall. And so all three of these are very important. 
And so this is the qualifier. Are my words healing? Because there's a lot of people, a lot of well-meaning Christians that use truth as a club, right? They use truth as a club, and they use truth to beat someone up, or they use, use truth to hurt someone. And so you have to ask yourself, are my words healing? And Proverbs 12, 18 says this, some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise, I mean, the words of the wise bring healing. In other words, they thought through what they're going to say. They thought about it. They've thought about what is the best way to say this? What is the best way to put my cards on the table? What is the best way to have a frank conversation? How does that individual process hurt or pain or disappointment or con? How do they do that? And how could I speak into the life in a way that they would receive it? Because words can, words, words either bring healing or death. Words either, either heal people or hurt people. And, and many of us have been, been healed and we have been hurt by people's words. And sometimes it may be the thoughtless things that we say and, and to the people that we love the most. I mean, have you ever said a, a hurtful word to the ones that you love the most and all of a sudden you, you justify it by saying, you know what, sorry, I just say what I feel. I'm only speaking my mind. I'm tired, I'm stressed, I had a bad day. Is that helpful to anyone? See, see the Bible teaches that's what a fool does. And the Bible says that we're to speak the truth in love and we're supposed to look at our words and say, are they healing? Proverbs 15, 4 says this, gentle words are a tree of life, but a deceitful tongue. And it crushes the spirit. In other words, you can be right and wrong at the same time. You can be right about a subject. You can be right about a situation. But you can be wrong about the words that you say and be wrong about how you handle it, how you walk through that. And that's why he says the tongue can bring death or it can bring life. It can be goodness, bring goodness, and it can bring graciousness because goodness and graciousness go together. And he says that a good person is a gracious person and that when you, when you confront and when you care enough to confront, you confront in love and your words are healing because you love that other person. Proverbs 12, 25 says this, worry weighs a person down. But an encouraging word cheers a person up. In other words, a work of encouragement just lifts someone up, and we need to learn to encourage people and learn to learn to cut some people some slack. And you never know the hurt they're carrying, the pain they're carrying the process they're carrying, the things that they're dealing with in life. We need to learn to encourage people and cut some people some slack. You know, a personal project. Learn to build some people up around you to you encourage them and you comfort them by your words. In other words, Say a word of encouragement that builds somebody up. And don't put them down. And build them up. Speak the truth in love. And maybe just evaluate yourself. And man, how often do I encourage someone? How often do I encourage those that are closest around me? Do I do I nag or do I, do I brag? And there are some when 
when they say some hurtful things, they'll say things like, well, I just can't believe I just said that. But the Bible says that that is you. That your words, the words that I use and the words that you use are a window into our soul. That's why Proverbs over and over says, think before you speak. Think before you say something. In the Bible, and Jesus said it's a window into our soul. And the Bible reveals, it reveals our character, the words that you say of who you really are. And, and the Bible says that it, your words and my words come from the heart, Jesus said in, in Matthew 15, 18. But the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. Go home and practice. Are my words a hazard? Are my words honest? Are my words healing? I'm telling you, risk conflict because intimacy is worth it. There's a lot of lonely people in our world. Even people with people around them are lonely. And maybe you're one of the ones that needs to say in some of, the, some of your relationships, I've been the one that has said some hurtful things and some mean things. And I haven't been speaking the truth in love. And I'm sorry. Because God wants to help you. So you don't go around hurting his children. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? Let me just ask you this evening, just real quickly. What is God saying to you as a result of this message? Because every one of us in this room, and whether we're in this room or whether we're over in the theater, we have a next step. Doesn't matter whether we've been a Christian a short time or a long time. And you know what? This evening, you may not even be a believer. You may not even know what that means. You, you may not even know for sure whether you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And maybe your next step would be this. Have people do this every weekend. You may want to invite him into your life. Tell him you know that you're a sinner and you ask him come into your life to forgive you of your sins and give you the gift of eternal life and enter into a relationship with him because I'm telling you without a relationship with Jesus Christ there's no way our words can be honest and healing it is only through him that we can just work through this it is only him that gives us the power so that our words are healing and honest.